everybody, this is James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourses Bullets, where I give a short kind of bullet point summary of one topic from woke Marxism or related to it that we need to understand so we can beat them. And I want to talk about linguistic discipline. We've got to have some linguistic discipline. You've got to be thinking about linguistic discipline. You've got to be encouraging people to use linguistic discipline. Why? Because most of woke magic is word magic. We understand that they use a thing that the formal wording for that I it's not the point of the podcast, but you're going to have to hear it, is called conceptual polysemy, which means that they are taking a single word and attaching multiple meanings at the conceptual level to that word. So when they say inclusion, it doesn't mean a welcoming space. It means a space that has been contoured to include things outside of the hegemonic view. In other words, to include communists. Or when they say diversity, they mean they don't mean diversity like things that are different. They mean diverse against cultural hegemony. In other words, communists. It means the counter-hegemony. We could go through this. We've done this game again and again and again, that the words that they use have more than one meaning. The phrase for this, and I did a podcast about this already, is called every woke term conceals an agenda. Okay. And if we don't have linguistic discipline, we actually encourage the mystification that comes with word magic. So we've got to be cautious with how we word things. Um, the biggest example, I think easiest example before I talk more about why this is so important is that we should be disciplining ourselves, for example, not only not to use explicitly woke terms like diversity and inclusion without being very cautious to specify what we mean if we have to use them. Don't try to get in this stupid argument like, oh, well, you're not including people like me. No, you're just validating the argument while not understanding, oh, it's when people come across the border, that's colonization too. You're just actually validating their stupid terms and you are not going to win the argument because they mean something different. Everybody who agrees with them knows they mean something different. They're getting other people to believe their meaning is right and yours is wrong and stupid. And meanwhile, you look like a fool because you're not really convincing anybody. It doesn't work. You've got to avoid using woke and woke adjacent terms, or when you have to use them, you need to clarify the meanings and be very, very clear. You can't do that until you've started to gain a lot of headway. But the clearest example really is when, because of what queer theory has wrought uh, and what radical feminism has wrought, every time you mean sex, you must say sex instead of gender. Don't tell people what your gender is. Don't ask people what the gender of a dog is. Don't ask about gender. Don't talk about gender. Don't talk. Pretend the word gender is a bad word that you wouldn't say in public and work around it. The correct word is sex. And further than that, don't say biological sex. Why? And it's not the point of the podcast is this specific issue because all sex is intrinsically biological. Sex is a biological activity. It is one of the reproductive strategies of living things, which means biological things. So there's saying biological sex implies there might be some other kind of sex, like socially constructed sex, which there is not. So don't say things like biological sex, biological male, biological female. There is no other kind of male or female. Male is defined in terms of having the reproductive anatomy or conditions that under normal development during the time of fertility would produce a small mobile gamut called sperm and 
female is defined as having the reproductive anatomy such that under conditions of normal development at the time of fertility would produce mature, Im large immobile gametes called ova or eggs. That's it. There's no other kind of male. There's no other kind of female. That's it. So don't say gender, say sex. Don't specify what kind of sex you mean if you're talking about as in, you know, male or female, because there is no modifier necessary, and the modifier implies there might be others. These are ways that word magic work. And if you want to defeat word magic, you've got to have linguistic discipline. Okay, so in the book Counter Wokecraft that uh, Charles Pincourt published with me um, from by New Dis er, uh, under the New, Di New Discourses imprint a little over a year ago, he actually talks about how they use this fancy term again, conceptual polysemy, in order to um, advance their agenda into, into organizations and, in fact, to defend themselves when they're attacked under a rhetorical doctrine that picked up the name from the philosopher Nicholas Shackle, the Mott and Bailey, which is otherwise known as strategic equivocation. So the way the Mott and Bailey strategic equivocation strategy works is that you have a highly defensible position that everybody would agree with. We just want a place where everybody feels like they belong. That's the mot. And then you have a very activist meaning, which is where you want to advance your cause, and th or that's where they really want to be, and that is the bailey. So in this case, it would be that a place where everybody feels like they belong is one where Everything has been retooled in terms of pen censorship, surge, uh, purges, policy, and so on to make sure that nobody ever gets offended, which is a highly controlled, tyrannical space, um, which makes a lot of people actually not feel like they uh, feel like they don't belong. But then you get around that because the people are only the people who agree with what it means to be on the belonging program. If you don't like, if, you know, if you're a racist or a transphobe or one of these other kinds of bigots that's causing the problem, you're not really the people. So when we want a place where everybody feels like they belong, you're not really part of everybody. You're part of the problem. You're not part of the people. You're part of the enemies of the people. And so that is, again, it's the same. You see how there's this weird thing? So there's the highly defensible position that's the mot, something nobody would disagree with. And then what it really means in the activist language in other words, the mot is the exoteric meaning, which is what normal people think the word means, the outside exoteric, and then there's a hidden secret esoteric meaning for the activists who are going to take advantage of it, and that's um, the Bailey meaning. And so that's why he calls it the, the mot and Bailey strategy, and the strategy is to switch back and forth between those at need. So the standard mot and Bailey is that they do activist things, you call them out, they retreat to... Uh, the dis the definition nobody could disagree with. For instance, you say diversity, equity, inclusion programs are communism, and here's why. They say we just want a place where everybody feels like they belong. So that was a retreat to the mot. Then they come back out into the bailey when nobody is looking. That's the defensive use. But the offensive use is this. They say, I think it would be nice if we put an acknowledgement to, uh, to, to valuing diversity in this institution in, a, in the policy. And so you think, well, okay, whatever. And you put the word diversity in there, not knowing that what it means is diverse to cultural hegemony. So you don't know that there's a special meaning to the word, and they get you to agree with it. And that's what Pincourt called the reverse Mott and Bailey Trojan horse. Well, if you don't have linguistic discipline, 
plus. You have to know that this is happening. In fact, what you need to know is every woke term conceals an agenda, and you need to know what that agenda is, and you need to start figuring those out and learning them as often as possible. But if you don't have linguistic discipline, you're going to fall for the trap. So linguistic discipline in that case would be, well, if you want to specify diversity, we need to specify what kind of diversity you mean. Uh, we're going to be very clear that word is obviously used in multiple contexts, so let's be clear about what we mean by it, or we're not going to use it. And you're going to find people throw a fit once it comes down to being clear what we mean by anything because they are engaging in conceptual polysemy. In other words, they're using a multiple meaning, specifically double meaning, uh, manipulation of language to get their way. So linguistic discipline is going to be very, very important. Um, one of the tactics, actually, that they get that, that woke activists use to succeed at changing the culture is they get people to pick up their language, their terminology. They get people to talk about things in terms of um, like terms like gender identity, cisgender. Those are just made up. Gender identity doesn't exist. That's a cult term. Cisgender is literally a misappropriation of a term from chemistry to compare against trans in a context that doesn't actually make sense. And so that's just flatly wrong. But they get people to use that language, and then people are looking for what it means. And then they're saying, oh, well, people have gender identities. Well, what's my gender identity? Just like I have a moon sign, what's my moon sign in astrology? So now I'm going to go find out, oh, wow, we have moon signs. I'm an INTP. What does that mean? I'm going to go look up INTP, and I'm going to find out what an INTP is. Oh, that's me. That's how I am. That's the Myers-Briggs formulation. Once you start getting people to use your language, they start looking to add meaningful content to that language. So they're very good at this. By So using their terminology spreads the sense of normalcy to their cult and activist language. Uh, some of you probably would have saw that I had a little thing with Jordan Peterson on, on Twitter not that long ago where he said something about, you know, don't let what you are get in the way of what you what you are becoming or something like that. Well, becoming is actually the dialectical formulation of, of existence in, in, the, in the the hermetic construction, but specifically under, you know, Hegel's construction where Hegel said there's a, di a dialectical opposition between being and nothing, and that that dialectical opposition is resolved by the higher order understanding that contains both of them. In other words, a sublation of being and nothing, which is becoming. So the world is always becoming closer to the absolute, which implies that there is a intended endpoint. Well, you know, I'm not, I don't know what Jordan meant and fine. And maybe he can clarify at some point. It doesn't really matter that much. But if we start talking in this kind of like airy fairy mystical way about becoming, well, well now we're, we're using their language. Another one in the corporate world, the big buzzword is transform this, transform that. We're going to transform education. We're going to transform the public sector. We're going to transform corporate boards. We're going to transform, transform, transform. Well, do you know that's a Marxist word? Is that what you meant by it? Because conceptual polysemy is a problem. So you need to practice linguistic discipline and don't use words that sound like buzzwords until you know for absolute certain not just what you might mean by them, but what activists would mean by them when they get used. Because every time people, oh, the yeah, the guy says he wants to come in and transform things. Well, we, we're, we like transforming too, because you've bought into using the word and not even thought about it, where when he uses the word, all of a sudden what it means is to fundamentally remake it into a uh, Marxist or distributist organizational 
entity and completely transform your the whole thing into in, in the marxist sense into as marx would have it into what it was always meant to be um and which means more marxist so it's very very important to try to practice linguistic discipline um the point of this podcast is really just to put that out there to get you thinking about it to get you talking about it with each other about how important it is to be cautious with your words when the problem that we're dealing with primarily works through manipulative language games so we've got to practice that we've got to be willing to look up what words mean we have to be willing to look up and see if there's a specialist meaning of those words we have to practice discipline stop being lazy stop being polite or whatever you think you're being stop talking about your gender you don't have a gender you have a sex it's not even clear anymore what gender means so use sex when what you actually mean is sex don't say biological sex these kinds of things are extremely important people say them again and again but the podcast this episode is about getting you to really think about that and to share this idea with people that the left is winning because people are unclear about what the words mean. In other words, they're blurring together different meanings in different contexts in order to confuse people into advancing their agenda or accepting their agenda or being comfortable with their wording or agenda. So they can use specialist terminology like transform, as in the you know sustainable development goals, 17 goals to transform our world. They don't just tell you what they mean by transform is into a marxist distributist hellscape um based on degrowth communism or whatever but that turns out to be what it is uh so you've got to be disciplined in your understanding and use of language and try to avoid using woke terminology unless you are unmasking the agenda concealed concealed within it and every woke term conceals an agenda 